Hey everyone, this is Mike Dunn and you're listening to Rethinking EDU. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm uh, super pumped to be here and I'll tell you what, we've done 47 episodes of podcasting previous to this one. Um, You're on episode number 48, uh, listening to my conversation with Dr. Courtney Russell, who I, uh, you know, casually call Doc. Uh, Doc is actually sitting at a table across from me right now. And what's amazing about this is this is our first conversation we've done in person. Yeah. Uh, And so it's it's wild to think, you know, we started this uh, Rethink EDU podcast in the pandemic. It's only been sort of a quote-unquote pandemic podcast, right? And we've never had the chance to interview any of our guests in person. Even us co-hosts have never done a podcast episode in person. But today, we are coming from lovely Estes Park, Colorado, right? Where we just got uh, like boatloads of snow in the last 24 hours. We are sitting across an old oak table from one another. And Doc and I are going to have a real conversation about real things that schools are facing. And I'm so pumped you're here, Doc. Thanks. I feel truly blessed. Thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah. Doc, um, before we get into this, let's just talk about how we know each other. So we work here at Eagle Rock. Yeah. And what's your role here? I am Residential Life Program Coordinator and Aspen House Parent. Okay. Aspen, that's not not a very good house, is it? Come on, (laughs) Biden. <laughs> what you trying to do right now? I, I like you, Mike. I like you. Like, come on now. Let's. Okay, okay. So you got to know, listeners, if you're listening to this podcast, that Eagle Rock has a little thing. You know, it's six houses on campus. Um, the houses in no particular order go Aspen, Ponderosa, Juniper, Pinion, Lodgepole, and Spruce, right? But you said the first one is the best one, which I, is number I, I, one. I, went, I like uh, that. I like that. By like. geographic location on campus. <laughs> And um, you should know that I'm the Juniper House parent, along with my partner, Caitlin, and our dog, Kelly. And um, Doc here is the Aspen House parent, along with his dog, Jet. Yes. And <laughs> key member of the, of the crew. And uh, we have a nice relationship. Actually, we are we are what are called mountain team house members. Yeah. And so our, our house teams come together and play sports together, do other things together as a member of the Bone Pipe Mountain. Mm-hmm. And so I make fun of uh, Aspen as not the best house, but we, you know, it's close luck. Yeah, we're cousins. Yeah, 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 yeah we're cousins, yeah. 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 <laughs> Big family cousins. Exactly. Right? Oh, that's my cousin. Oh, that's my cousin too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, Doc, you're from Atlanta, Georgia, yeah. um, but you didn't grow up there. You grew up a little bit, a couple different places, you know, uh, but you spent most of your time in Atlanta. Yeah. And um, you are living in this small town in the middle of Colorado. Mm-hmm. How did you end up from Atlanta, big city in the south, to Estes Park, small town, northern Colorado? When I first started coming up here, I was in a relationship, you know, and the, uh, the person I was with, she got a job in Estes at the Stanley Hotel. Mm-hmm. And um, one, and we were trying to do a long distance thing, and one thing led to another, and I was coming out here every month for yeah. for a week yeah you know and so being one of the few black faces in estes park uh-huh. i when i sat in starbucks for eight hours a day just <laughs> reading books and I, i'm having a whole table with a myriad of coffee cups and and books on equity and and politics and healthcare. 
it, 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 the buzz started. You know, yeah. people still wanted to stop. Like, what are you doing here? And why are you sitting here for eight hours? Yeah. And one thing led to another, and it just so happened that one of the workers of Eagle Rock started talking to me, and mm. she asked me to come up here and speak, and the rest is history. Nice, nice. Yeah. Okay, so um, I guess part of that story too, though, is I call you Doc. You know, your uh, full name just for the podcast record. And those of all, all of you out there listening want to Google him. Courtney Russell Jr., um, MD. Yes. Not to be confused with PhD and EDD and all the other DDDs, yeah. whatever we have on this yeah. podcast. Yeah. MD is a is a unique kind of, um, what, uh, addition to one's name to be working at in a school. Yes. Like, you hardly ever see medical doctors in schools. Mm-hmm. And so I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about like, you went to medical school to get an MD. Uh, we'll get to how you end up in this, in, in like education later, but talk us, to us about that path. Like how did you end up in medical school? Very, I mean, everything about my life has been non-traditional. <laughs> right. And so um, it's been, it's been a journey, you know, mm-hmm. I, when I was younger, growing up, we grew up in poverty, um, coming from parents um, who were immigrants. We just had to figure it out, and they had to work. And so they did the best they could, mm. but the streets also played a huge role in um, raising my sister and I. Yeah. You know? And so I loved the, the grind. I loved the ignorance. I loved the... Um, never knowing what's going to happen but I always felt like what's going on over there Mm. meaning like I'm in poverty but what's across town people are smiling people are happy people are not hungry people are not starving you know and so I always felt as though I wanted to see what that was about interesting yeah and and so what did that mean for you in school like school school clearly was a way for you to move out of so much and I loved school, but it wasn't. It's not cool t- where we come from to be reading books and oh, yeah. and 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 like science and math, you know. <laughs> and so I had to dumb myself down at times to just make it in my community, you yeah. know. And so it got tiring, you know. It's like I can't embrace me, you know. I'm sitting. I'm. I'm. I'm outside on street corner but i also i'm reading the alchemist you know like (laughs) it's it's like it's always a duality in my life like i love math and science but i'm in a strip club or i'm disrespectful to to a to a a woman or i know that it's right to i i like not to do what i'm doing however I'm helping someone with groceries. You know, it's always me trying to justify the bullshit I'm doing. You know, and so I always, I, I mean, we will get to like med school, but I always knew that this wasn't it. Hmm. But I'd imagine, I don't know that situation. I'm not you, obviously. And I'd imagine, though, that that situation was hard to move out of. And Still. Still. Yeah. yeah. And so what were those things that you felt like were really those mechanisms that were keeping you there? Fear of success, like not knowing what that looks like. I can navigate poverty. I know how it is to be broke. 
I know how it is to hustle, yeah. but I don't know how it is to thrive. You know, I don't know how it is to not worry, like to have hope for tomorrow. And that is what education gives you. It's bigger than reading a book. It's like education always allows you to think about tomorrow. Mm. You know, and so if you are, if you're living in poverty, there's no thinking about tomorrow. But if you're poor, but you're educated, you're always hopeful. Mm. Because education is that X factor, like, I can't eat now, but if I graduate, mm-hmm. I'll be able to get a job which support my family. Yeah. But if you're living in poverty, you could be having, you could have a lot of money, but like, yo, I can die. I can go to jail. I gotta, I gotta do what I gotta do right now. Yeah. yeah and yeah. and just live, whatever that may look like. And so, that's what is the mantra and and the code we living for right now. Yeah. 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 And how did your family play a role in that? I mean, education was always the most important thing. Hmm. And so they sacrificed everything to make sure my sister and I were educated, yeah. you know? And so in the house, and I think that is what saved my life. Just just hearing, you got to, your last name, you got to know, come on, Courtney, come on, Courtney, you can <laughs> yeah, do it. Yeah. Like, you're smart, you're this and that. And, and so no matter what my mother and father had to do, education was always like our ticket out. You know, and so like when we got good grades, it was a party. You know, when you graduate, every step of the way yeah. is big. Yeah. You know, and so you graduate high school, it's, it's big. And then for me, going to med school, like that was like, I went to the NBA. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah. oh, what? Yeah. Because they didn't even think I was going to do that because no one knew. Like, I was the funny kid. Uh-huh. I like to crack jokes, <laughs> but I didn't like to. I didn't like school. Hmm. And so I would get... You didn't like to go to school. I didn't like to go to school. Right. And you I like would, to learn. I like to learn. Yeah. What yeah, I like yeah. to learn about. Right, right, right. Okay. Not, so I would get, I would be kid to get A's and B's uh-huh. in science, but fail like PE or fail <laughs> math. Right. You know what I mean? So right, it, was, right, right, right. it was always like, you know, Courtney, you, what's wrong with you? Huh. Like, you can do this. Uh, all right. And so it was always a battle for me to find a why mm. until medicine. Okay. Yeah, you know what I mean? So like when I when my when my mom like she pushed me into medicine and for I never forget it. Yeah. Like I got so I got kicked out for failing grades in undergrad, but I had enough of my the prerequisites to get into this med program. Okay. And so I was like, why don't you try that? I'm like, Mom, I don't want to be a doctor. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. why? Yeah, yeah, And yeah. so, but when I went into it, I was, it was amazing. I never, like, childbirth and, like, like just knowing the, just thinking about life in a different way, understanding how, why people walk upright and how hair grows and the heartbeat and breath, you know, those things were giving me a different type of high. Mm. You know, and so it's really intriguing. And so medicine, I caught on like like a kid would catch on to like a language really quick. Like a sponge is just a politics I always had a problem with. I didn't know how to play well with others. Right. You know, and so <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. that was the difficulties for me in medical school. Like yeah. making friends because everybody yeah. was so different. You yeah. had me and then you had Harvard, Yale, Princeton, clean cut, black, white, green and yellow. Yeah. No one was like me. 
Yeah. I see a black kid like, what up, man? Don't talk to me. I'm like, oh, oh shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, I don't know. I, I saw no one that looks like me. Yeah. 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 So, so you graduate from, you know, secondary school, go to college, not super successful yeah. right away in college. And then this kind of light flickers here when it comes to medicine. Yeah. And what you illuminate a little bit but like what really drew you in there like what was my competitive nature when someone said you don't look like a doctor i said uh-huh. ooh like i was so upset cuz i felt like no 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 my mom was like tell me won't you do it no 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 when someone said man you don't look like a doctor you can't do it no way yeah what and so that was one step. That right? was like, so like, it was never I wanted to help people at your first. Your drive. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't like, oh, I love people. Nah, I didn't. So you liked the science. Yeah. And then you also were like, let because, me show you. Yeah. And then, okay. so then I was in there and I was like, I don't know if I want to be a doctor. I, could, I love EMT. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, so yeah, I yeah. volunteered in Atlanta on EMT and I got it. I was like, oh, we jumping out in the community where I'm from. You know what I mean? And it's yeah. like, oh, I'm in the hoods where I used to navigate, but I'm helping people now. And and then I was like, we get back to the hospital and I see a white coat. And he's like, no, 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 yelling. I'm like, oh, that dude got power. Oh, interesting. Okay. And okay. I was like, what does he do? Oh, yeah. And I was he's like, he's a doctor. Nah, I don't, I, I can't, I can't be the EMT. Yeah. I can't be the nurse. I want to be the white coat. Okay. And like, <laughs> and that was, and, and so I got more intrigued into it. Yeah. And then I said, all right, ma, I try it out. Do you think that that's a like uh, natural prerequisite for doctors yes. to be competitive in that way? Hundred percent. Why is that the case? Do you think? How close are you to God? Like, there's certain decisions that you have to make uh-huh. that a lot of people don't want to make. It's life and death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you gotta you gotta stand tall in bad decisions at times. <laughs> so if you're like, oh, uh, well, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> like who? If your mother came in to see me, uh huh. You don't want me to guess. Well, Mike, do you do you think that I should do this? You didn't go to med school. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, dude, yeah. what are you talking? I don't know. Save yeah. my mom's life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? She comes in and she's Especially like, as like a trauma surgeon or something like that. You gotta make yeah, decisions yeah. spot on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I love that. You know, and like, yeah, when someone passes it hurts. Yeah. You know, but it's like I once you know you did your best, it's like, well, next yeah and it seems cold-blooded and see heartless but you wouldn't want any it any other way right i mean even with internal medicine those kind of doctors are more like um empathetic and they talk to you but they sometimes also have to be like all right i'm the doctor i have to choose this because there's certain times we have to intubate and this and that you got to know when to do it yeah how to do it you got to make this ter- certain decisions that there's no time to second guess yeah, yeah, and so yeah. like it, the same personality trait that people hate in doctors yeah. that God complex even if you're a nice nice doctor you still have to have a little bit of that interesting yeah Yeah. so how in medical school was there another similar moment that you had that where you said I like this work I like the working with patients I like the working in hospital like whatever whatever but this isn't for me. Man. Um, 
as we were preparing for residency, you know, everyone was just so excited. And I'm like, this comes with the fear of success. Mm. Like people had, this is their second career. You had engineers there. You asked people. And this is like my first shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I'm like, I really don't like, it's cool. You know, like, uh, and so I don't like doing things that I'm not crucially passionate about. Sure. Because it feels like I'm going to do a real horrible job. And that's my ego and (laughs) shit, you know, and I I don't want to look bad because I feel like I'm doing it for a culture. You know, and so my community needs me to always be like, when 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 my name is there, if you see me on 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 a pamphlet or something, I'm speak. Uh-huh. You're like, yo, yo, he about to do this something. The guy. That's the yeah, dude, yeah, you know. That's the guy. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't know if I wanted to, because I was always getting in trouble with patient care. Uh-huh. Like my patients would love me, but my colleagues were like, why are you taking so long? Why are you ordering this test? Why are you why are you like spending so much time in a room and I'm like because like how like I can get the diagnosis but I want to know the person because uh-huh. I feel like that'll go further with patient compliance and patient care versus me coming in alright cool we got high blood pressure take these drugs get out of here yeah 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 yeah, yeah. and I didn't even know about social activism back there I just knew that my people and I just thought it was black people but I felt like my people needed some explanations as to why they got to take these pills sure yeah so I was like, what? Like, I can't just go and say, shove these pills down. Like, I'm selling dope. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, you know what I mean? I feel like, ain't no difference. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, I used to get in trouble. And I said, you know what? This may not be for me. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I was speaking in homeless shelters and and, and churches and things. And that was like, yo, I felt, I felt good. That felt like home. Mm-hmm. The insanity of the subculture of homelessness really gave me excited me it was like oh shit like it was tingling me mm. and i wasn't getting paid yeah, yeah it was like yo i felt like i was playing ball interesting it was like yeah. my gym like yeah, i would walk sure. in there yeah, yeah, yeah. they're like dog what's going on let's get to work so they were bringing <laughs> all their pills that they got and i'm like yeah this is um for blood pressure you got kidney disease tell me about this you just had a uh, a yeast infection, ma'am. Tell me about this. Oh, you're a sex worker. This is why you may have to take this. Given this. Yeah. Oh, you. So just going through that, I felt like, yo, if I could do this, this I, is what makes me. Feel this alive. is what makes me alive. Yeah. And and so one day I was speaking at a homeless shelter, and the day that changed my life, it, it showed me that I don't want to be in the hospital. I uh-huh. need to be doing this. I met my business partner. Okay. He just got out of jail. He was like, yo, I've been hearing about you. Um, can I speak? And I looked at him. And I was, two days before, I was like, yo, I need something different, man. Hmm. And later on, I'm going to tell you, like, that's the second time, like, I knew it was different. The first time was when I was like, I had suicidal ideations. Like, I would want to get get up out of here. Yeah. Because like, everything was going. But yeah. I come back to that. Yeah. And so, like, that time, it was like, I looked at him like, damn, shit, let's go. Uh-huh. He spoke. I said, that's the X factor. This is how I'm going to change the world. That is it. Because, like, his passion about, like, because when you see him, you thought he was going to be on some crazy shit. Like tell, he's tell, us, wait, tell the listeners more about that. So like He's a big he, dude. Okay. Like, tats everywhere. Okay. Tat on okay. his face. He comes up to me. Uh-huh. I'm in my white coat. And we, <laughs> we just, and he's like, ne- we had never talked. Uh-huh. 
but I felt like a like I just met my brother, you know. And so I'm like, yeah, let's go. And he was talking about like resilience and his time incarcerated and the love he has for his community. And I gotta do better. And I felt like I was about to cry. I felt like I like where the fuck have you been? Yeah, yeah. And he said, yo, I'll do whatever. Well, do you need a bodyguard? I said, no, no, no. I can do my own work. Yeah. <laughs> have you ever thought about let's start a business? Yeah, yeah. He yeah, said, yeah, yeah, yeah. you bullshit. You know who I am? I said, I don't care who you are. Yeah. There's never been an activist. Like, the activism that we can do, it looks different. Because we are, like, you have activists. Like, Barack Obama's amazing. Mm-hmm. King, great. Malcolm, great. But they don't resemble the community they come from. Their suit and tie, and they love it. But that's them. We go in there with hoodies, uh-huh. gun on hip, like tatted up, looking crazy. Now they're like, oh, I can do it too. I can live a different life. I can talk about love. I can talk about hope, and I don't have to change who I am. Yeah, That's power. Yeah, yeah. This is what I've often said about school-based, and we'll we'll get into this in our second episode together. But yeah. uh, when you when you talk about school-based like drug uh, and alcohol awareness programs, right? Yes. You often have people in there who students are like, "Has this person ever smoked pot in their life? <laughs> like, they ever do any drugs? Like, they ever drink a drink ever? You know?" Yeah. And. Um, I think about that often from my own school experience, but then in in previous schools that I've worked at, the safe people to partner with in those spaces are people that look like me, right? That are white, that are, you know, uh, grew up like, sort of like most of the people in the the school community. And we represent like safe options. But kids and communities see through those safe options. They see when someone is bringing that authenticity to the table like this is my actual life experience the reason why you should listen to me is because you know i grew up like this or i had this experience or what have you and that level of credibility like you said when when you met him and y'all started working together it was like a a whole other level of possibility man you know man it was it's like it's amazing yeah Yeah, to meet somebody I'm blessed to know a man that I'm in business with that I would die for. Mm-hmm. It's not it's so it's bigger than business, it's bigger than us. It's like this is a culture, this yeah. is a DNA, this is a lifestyle. Yeah. You yeah. know, and so like when you have a company that is your lifestyle versus a dollar amount, now at first you're struggling, sure. but when that switch hits, you become a millionaire, billionaire overnight because most billionaires have embodied their business, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, and yeah, so yeah, like, yeah, yeah. when you think about Steve Jobs, he was Apple. That's right. Yeah, that's right. So like, when they tried to fire him from Apple, they quickly saw that you can't. Yeah. <laughs> right? That story goes right, didn't he? He gets fired. He leaves and then their Apple's sinking. Right? Yeah. They call him up. Come on back. And then what does he produce? The first thing, like, dramatically changes the computing world that's it. forever. That's it. And that's what, exactly what you're talking about. Yes. Right? 100%. Um, so so you meet your business partner in the speaking engagement. Y'all are, you know, have been doing work ever since then. But were you still in medical school then? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, like, I, it was it was getting really inconvenient <laughs> to be to in medical school. school. <laughs> and that's when you know. It's like, yo, I don't, I really, uh, this is, like, who would be in med school and be like, this, this is, is a, this is pain in the ass to do it. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, yeah, zero people, basically. Yeah. And so I was like, damn. And so I was like battling because I don't want to seem like, yo, F medicine. I don't care uh-huh, about that. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Because medicine saved my life. Sure. It, it literally, literally saved took, your life. It took a man that was probably headed to death because of like depression, like losing my family, making a decision not to be my son's life mm. because I felt like, hold on, I'm not going to be pushed into that and like guilt tripped into a situation when I know what it is to be in poverty. So mm-hmm. if my son is safe, maybe I won't be in his life right now to be in his life for real with options in the future. Yeah. That's a hard decision to make. Yeah. And not to be, see in the Caribbean culture, family is everything. Mm. And so to not have my family as much as I would while going through med school as the first generation medical student, yeah, that's another thing. So I'm like, I started to fail. And so now we can backtrack to the story yeah, 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 of yeah, the yeah. other time. Like yeah. everything was going bad for a second in med school, failing yeah. out, not being in my son's life, not being in my family's life like yeah. I wanted to. I was like, yo, this is not for me. Yeah. Like, and I'll just say to the listeners, the story that, uh, you know, Doc is about to share has some uh, suicidal ideations yeah. with it. We've talked about this story, but if you need to fast forward uh, through this part of the episode, feel free to hit that forward 30 second button a few times yeah. so you don't hear it. But yeah, go, go ahead, Doc. Go ahead. I, um, everything was going bad. Hmm. You know, I couldn't just, I, I didn't care. I wasn't going to class like I wanted to. I was skipping, just, just sleeping all day, not passing um, like practicums and things of that nature. And I had enough. So one night I, was, I had my last meal, had my gun in the passenger seat. I said, this is it, man. Like, why am I here? Yeah. I, I prayed and I said, God, if you... <laughs> If you wake me up in the morning, <laughs> yeah, yeah. If I if I make it through the night, yeah, I, I'll I'll do it. Okay, okay. And so I sat there, you know. And if anyone who knows me know, I wear slogans a lot, right? right? <laughs> and so I was just sitting there, and I said it. If I make it through the night, like I I made three slogans, then I was gonna like kill myself. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah, L- literally. First one being neighborhood hope dealer. Uh-huh. I said, damn. That's crazy, mm-hmm. right? And then I had educated goon. <laughs> and then I had death before mediocrity. Yeah. yeah Those are yeah, my yeah, three, yeah. like, so when people wear that, they don't understand. Like, I see it and it almost brings tears in my eyes, like, oh, shit. Yeah. And I'll say to listeners that, that Doc has a clothing line that we'll yeah. link for in the show notes that you can check out. Um, and you can also check out some of his stuff on his uh, Instagram, R&R Vision, that features a bunch of his his slogans that he's talking about right now yeah. and you see students here at eagle rock walking yeah. around in that blessed. stuff yeah it's amazing but so you you come up with these slogans yeah. you're sitting there in your car yeah. and yeah so after that like before i came with the slogans but then i'm sitting there just looking at it and like when i show my business it's so much that has gone through this time yeah yeah, yeah so yeah, that yeah. night was like the last of the slogans i had made the slogans before that night I got right you. okay so when me and i show our partner we were like going crazy like yo this shit would sell it yeah. was amazing but i was i was was depressed you know and so it was i just fell asleep 
knocked out. I don't know what happened. Which we've known each other for a minute. That's unusual. Very, very, <laughs> very unusual. Very. Yeah. And I and then so the sun wakes me up, uh-huh. and I start laughing like, "Oh shit, <laughs> I can't kill myself now, right?" So I yeah. put like I'm stink. I ain't take a shower two three days. Yeah. Put my white coat on, laced up my Jordans, went into the hospital. Yo, everything was like music then. Mm-hmm. Medicine start, just everything just start hitting. Mm-hmm. I go into a room, bam, 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 bam. Order this test. Oh, everything was like I felt like a savant. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. was weird. Yeah. Like a patient would come to me and say something like, "Hey, doc, the right side. Okay, cool. That's what happened right there. Hey, doc, I have it. Oh, now that's what is it right there. But let me talk to you. Like it, it just felt it, everything was meshing, and so grades start getting better. And I was like, "Damn, I could do this." Mm-hmm. But I felt like. I didn't want to be in the hospital. Uh, yeah. But I loved it though. Sure. And so then fast forward to me meeting my business partner. <laughs> and so like that's why like I was talking in hospitals. I mean not talking in like homeless shelters and stuff. Yeah. After that, and everything was just clicking. Yeah. Like I loved it. Like coming up on and just meeting people. Cause like if if anyone has seen me speak, it's not like a lecture. It's like interactive. Like, how do you feel about this? What do Wait. you think? Wait. Wait. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And Actually, I'm, give responses. I'm, I'm in the yeah. crowd, you yeah. know, and yeah. so it's like I love that because I don't want to be lectured to. I want to know my audience, mm-hmm. you know, and so like I may come out and some Jay Z, you know, like make it a real show because I want you to feel what I'm talking about. Yeah, you know, and so when I met him, it, like I said before, it changed my life, mm-hmm. and being in a hospital would be my form of incarceration mm. because my people are outside, are in the street dying. And I have an obligation now. And when I say my people, not just black folk. Because now that I've been doing this activism for a minute, I quickly have seen that my people has got to just branch out to everyone that is marginalized, that is that is feeling as though they're not given their due, you yeah. know? And so, so white, black, green, yellow, like we we are here together, and the only way for true freedom mm-hmm. is to make sure that I elevate all. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and so now, yeah, we're not living in a zero sum game. No, right? no, that's that's no. the end goal no. is for all of us to reach happiness, reach fulfillment, whatever. To rid the world of oppression yeah. is to rid the world of oppression, not just for blank person or blank person. It's rid, rid the world of oppression period yeah. across the board 100%. for everybody once oppression exists it doesn't stop existing unless it's eradicated yeah. right now whether we can eradicate oppression is like a different yeah. maybe topic yeah. for conversation but i appreciate your your uh, your like stance on helping people means more than just helping one person it can't or be one group of people it can't be that's right malcolm X like showed perfectly how it couldn't be because when he was just like oh fuck white people like there was no progression That's until right. he embraced the fact that we all got to be elevated That's or right. black people can never be and you elevated. saw that in the progression of his life every time you know you saw that and as soon as he all of a sudden started elevating the um, plight of multiple peoples uh-huh. right then what happens then he's killed. Yep. Interesting how that works out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so like, 
questions are always given to me. Are you willing to die for this? Yes. Not even a question. Is there? There is. There is never a time when I'm. Uh, no, there's nothing to think about. Yeah. You know, because if I, <laughs> I'm not supposed to be here anyway, and so like if I'm here, and there's something to die for, why not liberation? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. that. There's nothing more more important than that. Yeah. 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 So. I love all of that. I hope, listeners, that you are enjoying this story as much as I am. I want to focus in on one maybe character in the plot of your story that we haven't touched on much, um, and that's the city of Atlanta. Mm-hmm. So you rep Atlanta hard, hard. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, as a person who grew up uh, in and around Detroit. I rep I rep Detroit pretty significantly as well. Like that. And um, Detroit and Atlanta actually share quite a bit in common. Yeah. You know. Yeah. In fact, I know um, many people who live in Detroit have many relatives who live in Atlanta and similar. Mm-hmm. Many people who live in Atlanta have relatives in Detroit. You know. And so, um, but as a character in your in your story here, um, you rep Atlanta and you have been working closely with Atlanta populations of various kinds and types, Mm -hmm. whatever, for many years. And I wonder, like, what's your experience growing up in Atlanta? Um, I shouldn't say Atlanta. I should say Atlanta. Uh, (laughs) What's your experience is growing up in Atlanta kind of allowed you to see about the world? And then what has continued to kind of push you to give back to that community in particular? I mean, it's simple. I come from there. Mm. Um, I know it. Um, and every hood is the same, you know? And so, like, I'm going to be always, like, <laughs> Atlanta made me who I am, you know? And also, there's so much pain in my community. Mm. And I feel as though whenever you talk about a place, it's like whenever a rapper talks about a place or whenever a musician talks about a place, it's coming from like that. You know, there's never been a time when a doctor says, yo, I'm from Atlanta, I'm from Atlanta and I want to do health care. I want to eradicate poverty. Yeah. But then I'm repping my, my, my hood. This yeah, is what yeah, I, this yeah, is what yeah, I'm yeah. doing. Yeah. You know, so like me and my partner say all the time, like I want to be the N.W.A. of activism. Oh, yeah. You nice. know, and so like <laughs> speaking truth to power and doing it from there. And two, like I, I love the fact that it looks so different. You know, I love the culture in Atlanta. is a is a big, small city. Uh-huh. You know, and so like everybody knows everybody, but it's 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 a it's a city. Yeah, it's, it's not a, it's, it's not country. Yeah. yeah, and I um and when I branch out, you know, like it's just like Outkast put Atlanta on the map for hip hop. Like Martin Luther King put Atlanta on the map for activism too. Mm-hmm. You know, and so just like a lot of activists, um, either from Atlanta came through Atlanta. Or just something in Atlanta. I just want to be another one in that line to make it so that you know Atlanta got something to say. Just yeah. like in the words of Outkast, like, yo, we got something to say. The South got something to say. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, what's it been like for you living in Estes Park, Man. this small town, right? Uh, for For listeners out there, you may know Eagle Rock is located in a town of 6,500. Estes Park is... Um, in the middle of the mountains, uh, it's like sort of quasi-rural. You yeah. know, you you're about forty-five minutes ish from Boulder, 
um, 45 minutes-ish from Fort Collins, about an hour and a half from Denver. So it's not as rural as some other places, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, but it it would definitely be a small town. Yeah. Um, and I know one of the biggest challenges students have coming to Eagle Rock is that they're not in their hometown. Mm-hmm. One of the biggest challenges staff members have certainly coming to Eagle Rock and is we've been in the midst of some hiring recently. That's been a major question. Yeah. Um, particularly as people of color mm-hmm. that we've been talking to, how do you make that transition to this small town away from your, you know, larger cities of, of Atlanta or yeah. maybe if you're from Philly, maybe you're from New York, maybe mm. you're from Durham, like wherever yeah. you might be. So what's that been like for you being here and being away from home? Um, it's a means to an end. You know, it's like the lifestyle that I want now is to be one of, of traveling. But before you get there, sometimes you have to have a foundation. Mm-hmm. So it's a great place to think, to, to to work, to learn, to read, to be away from the comforts of knowing there's life going out there. I mean, it's, it's not bad. You know, it's yeah. like yeah. it's clean air. You know, you yeah. can really exercise and grow. Um, Denver's right there. Um, but if you're asking, do I miss home? Of course. Sure. But when you know you're fighting for something bigger than you, you'll take, like sometimes jail is great for some people Mm -hmm. because when they come out, they had the time to really sit and think and create. Mm -hmm. And essence is not jail. I'm not equating it to like (laughs) in, in prison, like being incarcerated. However, when you're not around your surroundings, sometimes you feel isolated you feel alone yeah but it's the best place it's the best place for me to create mm. to have great ideas you know and so i feel blessed to be in a position to have um to be here and to be able to create so that when i do reemerge in atlanta mm-hmm. or anywhere else in the country i've had time to really think about next steps yeah yeah yeah, and, and I think maybe a plug for Eagle Rock there is that like the school does a good job of respecting their employees yeah. like side hustles. Yeah. You know. And in fact I would argue like does some encouraging yeah. of employee side hustles. Yeah. Uh, yeah. which is which is awesome. Um, so we got a little snapshot of what Atlanta means to you, how that space still occupies an important part in your life. We got a little snapshot of you in up through medical school. Um, but <laughs> what is it like being essentially a teacher now? Because that's what you're doing here at Eagle Rock. Um, you know, you're working with young people yeah. to help them form I feel, themselves, right? Man, blessed. You know, being, I even take it for being a teacher is one thing, but being an educator is something different. Sure, sure. You know, like it, it, it transcends just a teacher. You know, like when you're a teacher, you should try, you should work hard to be an educator. Mm. Because I think when you educate, you really liberate, you save lives. Yeah. And so like to be here is just an extension of a doctor for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. so when I have the the blessing to be around someone in their most vulnerable moments. Yeah. And as a student who, I mean, I'm not, I'm not anything special. It's just that I was whether you believe in a higher power of God, like this is my time. Yeah. And so I, I got to show up. And so as an educator, I got to spark something every time. Yeah. Yeah. I got I to figure out a way to reach you. Yeah. Whether it's cussing you out, whether it's laughing, 
whether it's, it's sometimes just a meal. Yeah. You know, like it's creative. And that's different for me in my mind from a teacher versus an educator. Sure, yeah. You know, like a teacher would just, yeah, have a syllabus, go by a syllabus, have a nice day. If you get it, you get it. You don't, you don't. That's a teacher. <laughs> An educator, though, digs deep. They figure out the why. And that's a doctor. We got to figure out why. Yeah. yeah. The educator, to me, like a scientist. It's another form of a scientist. Sure. You know, and so, like, that's, it's not a, it's not a hard transition for me, but people look at me like, why the hell are you here? Yeah, yeah. Like on paper, yeah, yeah. like there's no qualifications I have right. to be, you know? <laughs> However. I guess, but uh, unless you articulate it just like you did, yeah. right? Which is at its core, being a doctor is about liberation too. Yes. Liberation. Uh, a good doctor. There's yeah, a doctor, yeah, 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 then yeah, a good a doctor. Good doctor yeah. yeah. And so. Yeah, it's about liberation too. And being an yeah. educator is truly about at 100%. its core liberation. Yeah. Absolutely. Because education is just another system that has been used to to suppress and oppress individuals and right. marginalize groups of people. Right. And so I use healthcare as just a way in mm-hmm. to address all of the systems. You know, and so like I've been blessed to get a medical degree, but that's not important to me. What's important to me. So if you ask me that if you're me, I'm not gonna ever say, Hey, I'm Dr. Russell. I'm yeah. Courtney, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is yeah, you? Yeah. What do you do? I'm a social entrepreneur. Yeah. Like I'm a civil activist. You probably would have to dig more to find that I'm a doctor versus like I didn't tell people I was a doctor here. Yeah. <laughs> they found him and start calling me doc. I right. don't. You know what I mean? I, I don't. I never once say. You mean you didn't just show up and be like, hey, I'm doc? No. <laughs> heck no. Heck no. Because I feel like it transcends that. That I want to be bigger than medicine. Yeah. Is limiting to me, you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. oh, you're a doctor, you're great. <laughs> That's cool. Now, if you tell me, oh, you're a social activist, I feel pride about that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, you're an activist, yeah. you're a social entrepreneur because a social entrepreneur addresses social injustices. That's right. And makes money doing it. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, like, yeah, yeah. I, that's what I love. Yeah. That's that hustle. Like, oh, we can make money at this? Oh, man. And help other people. And help. Yeah, Yo, yeah. that's it. Yeah, yeah, this is like what we were talking about uh, just before we started our recording was about how when you earn a doctorate, it can be really limiting. You know, they can, the world, they, and you sometimes too, mm-hmm. right? Your personal mindset can push you into a space that says like, here's the thing you're doing and this is it. Yeah. You know, yeah. like you need to work in a hospital, wear a white coat every day, yes. whatever, whatever, because you have an MD yes. and that's what you did. See? You know, yes. you earn your EDD like me yeah. and you go and you do these things yes. in, in school yes. because that's what you do. That's what you do. Yeah. And how can someone tell you what you do? Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Don't worry about anything else you're good at. Yeah. Once, because what if you became a doctor, but you're a horrible doctor, but uh-huh. you could sing, oh, right, and you right, start right, singing right, like, right. no, 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 no. You have an MD. You have an EDD. Uh-huh. You're a PharmD. All the forget all of that other stuff. Yeah. You cannot sing. All I want you to do is what you have a degree in. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's yeah. crazy to Go me. Go work at a pharmacy. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. now you are with a doctorate mm-hmm. you're miserable yeah you're enslaved to your own education yeah and isn't the point of pursuing a doctorate to liberate right <laughs> see yeah yeah i i think about it often in my role as college and career counselor right i'm good at what i do mm-hmm. similar to what you are as a doctor you're a good doctor but 
um, is college and career counseling really how I want to be helping young people? You know, and I ask myself that question frequently. And I think right now, it's I'm happy doing what I'm doing right now, helping young people doing this work right now. Yeah. And do I want to do that forever? Yeah, no, <laughs> I definitely don't. Yeah. And uh, figuring out, though, the path in order to get me to a place where I feel like I'm able to help people, not just young people, because similar to you, I have this internal mission to, you know, um, upend injustice, you know, uh, rid the world of as much oppression as I can in the time that I'm here. Mm-hmm. Um, to do this work that helps people liberate themselves yeah. out of whatever situation they're in um, and move into something that feels more authentic in their yeah. life, yeah. you know, that feels like they're living in a resonance that is uh, true to who they are and who they want to be. Yeah. That's really where I want to go, you know? And getting a doctorate, it's hard to say that it limits you because it doesn't, right? But it does. <laughs> See, just like how capitalism today, uh-huh. with how we live it and experience it right now, is, is, is effed up. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying not to cuss as much. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. You're, you good, see, you're like, good. You're good. It's, 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 it's not. But capitalism in its face, if everyone had a level playing field, yeah. I love. Mm-hmm. Because I love the competitive. Like, if my product is superior to your product, mm-hmm. I should make more money than you. Sure. Like, that. that's like the drive. However, capitalism says today, you have to be poor so I can be rich. Yeah, that's right. Right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. The, the existence of the system as it is exactly. right now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. I want to I live in a world where I'm rich and you're rich. Yeah. You're rich. So we're all around the table have making decisions because... My level of success and my vision of success may be different from a person that works the fields. Sure. But why can't the person that works the fields be wealthy too? Absolutely. Right? Yeah, 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 because yeah. they can be passionate about having their, their hands in the, in dirt, the dirt. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, but yeah, yeah. now, but because they do that in our country today, they are struggling to survive. They're struggling for health care. Yeah. They have to do certain, like, it's, it's not okay. Yeah. Right? And so just like education, education on its face should be liberation it should be liberatory it should be like a certain or once you teach a child or a man or a woman to do certain things let's go you can you can everything is at your disposal but that's not how education is there are money where you live like where you're from who your parents are it has nothing to do with what education is Mm -hmm. but yet our system is so much made up of all of those things yeah, and that's why I think we've argued on this podcast for 47 previous episodes why so much of what exists in schools and in education is busted. 100%. Yeah. Like, when we look back at slavery, it was a crime to read. That's right, yeah. That's People don't understand how crazy that was. Mm-hmm. You could get lynched for reading a book. Steve, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's ha- that happened. And Chris Rock, I think, had a, a little skit. He, <laughs> like, it was a slave, and there was a stop sign, and the, and the guy was like, oh, should I stop? I, I could read it. It says stop, but if I do it, slave master going to oh, kill me. No. <laughs> and you know Chris Rock. Is, <laughs> but it's true, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you got to make a choice. Do I die and show the master that I know how to read, uh-huh. or do I just die because I act like I don't know how to read? Yeah. That's how education is right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So do I stay 
and being a doctor, be miserable and die and 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 knowing that healthcare is racist. Right. But I have a degree so I can take care of my family, but I'm dying inside. Or do I die by making a choice to leave mess on the side and struggle and risk being broke for a minute and figuring it out in order to bring liberation? That's the choice you have to have. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what's interesting about that is that that's the true entrepreneur dilemma right there. It is. Right? Is you get at a point in your life where what's the risk and how do you weigh that risk and how do you take that next step? You know? And so for you, you've turned that into a couple ventures. I want to, we're getting to the end of our first recording and I want Mm -hmm. um, all of our listeners to come back. Hope you love this one. We want you to enjoy this one and come back for our next episode. We're going to continue this conversation with um, Doc about schools. But I want to just give a shout out to some of the things that you're up to right now. So give us a little 30 second version of the We Up community based organization or We Up CBO. What's that going on? We Up CBO is our parent company. Okay. Um, I wanted to, and David wanted to create a company that has its hands in everything that has been oppressive to people of color. Mm. And so the fundamental um, company is our public speaking company with our DBA, which is Mastermind Society. Okay. And so we go into the schools, we, we have our own curriculum that we've created, and we educate on resilience, entrepreneurship, mindset, and things of that nature, and, and love it. Because we, we like, you know what? We have to have a fundamental. Yeah. We have to have a yeah. first, like, what's that? Then we have a clothing line called Lord of Threads. Yeah. You know, um, love it. It's amazing. You know, and so those are the, the main two ones that right now that we're pushing. And as we grow, we're going to add on um, things so that we can have our hands in our community. So as we uplift and empower, we use entrepreneurship so that we can become wealthy while we're empowering other individuals in our community to become wealthy as well. Cool, cool. Yeah. Okay, so We Up CBO, you can find that at weup.org or yeah, we, we, up, we up.org. We up.org. Okay, yeah. cool. We'll put a link for that in our in our show notes. Then you've got um, A2H2. Yes. Talk about that for a little bit. Man, that's that's uh, that's my my nonprofit organization that okay. really addresses the need of subpar, often non-existent healthcare for marginalized communities. Okay. That's one tier, and then we also speak on the parallel between healthcare and poverty, because a lot of times, if I say take this medication, but you don't know why you're taking the medication, you're not empowered. You know, and so like even before I even deliver the mobile unit and deliver the care, I'm speaking in the community about certain diseases, high blood pressure, um, breast disease, a lot of OBGYN cases. um, Because as doctors, we just throw around terms to our patient. And because we get the the respect, patients just take it by face value. A doctor said, take these medications not knowing why they're taking it. Yeah, yeah. And med, um, healthcare has been such a, a area of exploitation for people of color. Sure. Um, I feel really blessed to know it and uh, able to articulate it in such a way where it's not as scary, you know, for people of color um, to to want to go to doctor for preventative yeah. um, services. And so that's A2H2 is just... I want to be um, a nationwide provider for at-risk communities um, for healthcare. Make it a mobile so I can come to you and take out the barrier of you finding or coming to a brick and mortar. 
Yeah. You know, so I, I want to have brick and mortar clinics. Yeah. But however, I want it to be like an ambulance. However, it goes out to the community and stays there yeah, and yeah, delivers yeah. the services to like the elderly or or other individuals who may have problems or in rural areas sure. who may have problems um, getting getting quality consistent healthcare. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. love it. There's a little shout out in there. A two H two stands for what? Atlanta Awareness for Homeless Health. <laughs> right on, right on. <laughs> Had to get that in there. Okay, yeah. so we you got we up CBO, which has a bunch of other things DBS, underneath that. Uh-huh. You've got A two H two, and then um, one of the reasons why. Uh, I'm super glad you're on this podcast. You got a podcast of your own, yeah, man. and that's been beautiful for me to listen oh, to Thank and you. listen to that thing unfold. I'm an OG subscriber way back from episode one, wow. and so yeah, I had to, you know, had to get in on the ground level. But um, it's called the Humanized Podcast, yeah. and that's with Emily Brocker. Yeah, um, Emily is a similar social activist. Yeah. She's down in Boulder, Boulder. Yes. and but you all couldn't have more different life experiences. <laughs> And when I listen to that, those episodes, sometimes I just some some of the interactions make me laugh so hard um, because y'all bring this just willingness to learn to every episode. You know, these conversations go in such deep and intense uh, directions. And um, I just want to give you like, you know, 30 seconds to plug human eyes. What do you want to say about it? Man, that podcast has. Um, has given me a platform that, like, obviously we had a platform, Dave and I had a platform, um, but it's, it's different because now you can hear us speak on topics of race and culture and it come from, like you said, two opposite people yeah. with di- not differing views, but different ways of articulating the same thing. Yeah. You know, we were addressing white supremacy um, and I'm I'm a lot more in your face and like <laughs> yeah. not I wouldn't say radical because she's 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 big too you know but I'm more like I'm a lot for some people sure and she is more palatable for some people uh-huh, uh-huh. you know and like that's a great mix yeah and for the optics like I always want to create a type of environment where everyone feels comfortable. To talk, you know, yeah. and as we build the podcast, I want to start facilitating DEI groups um, because I feel like individuals, they want to do the work, but they don't have an entry point. Yeah, that's right. And the Humanized Podcast, to me, is a great entry point because it's like, damn, I wanted to say that. Yeah, yeah. But she said that, if you're yeah. white. Yeah. Oh, I want to say it, but damn, Courtney said that in a way that I didn't even think you could say that. Yeah. You know, and so like, it just, it really, it's a blessing. And it's surprising because I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> right. Like, and I'm not, I don't think it's a, I'm an expert in any kind of way of, on DEI work and this and that. Sure. I just think what makes you an expert is failures. Yeah. Get into it. Make a mess. Yeah. See what, see what happens. See what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Because education doesn't make you an expert. I think lived experience makes you more of an expert than anything. Yeah. And um, I think with the this is a, we're coming up on our fourth season it's crazy coming soon you yeah, know and yeah. it's like that's crazy and the crazy. guests just keep getting better and better and terrifying better. Yeah. terrifying so listeners if y'all are out there check out the Humanized Podcast wherever you get your podcast I can't recommend it enough 
listen, Courtney, we've been having this conversation for a minute. Yeah. We need to take a break. Can we come back into our next episode? Let's do talk it. Talk about schools. Let's do it. Listeners, thanks for being here with us. And as always, keep rethinking EDU. Thanks.